Hi everyone, we are so glad that you joined us today. Our whole Prodeo family, everyone watching on Seals Cars and everyone that's watching for the first time. And I want to especially say welcome to every mom. Um, it, is, it is such a beautiful day. It's Mother's Day. It's the day we celebrate the people who brought us into the world. The day we celebrate our mothers. And we want to say a warm, warm, warm welcome to you this morning. And um, I'm sure most people watching this are so glad that you're in their life. And I'm glad about my mom. I'm glad about the wife of my children. I'm so glad that they are in my life. And um, I just want to say thank you, moms, for everything you sacrifice and everything that you do for us. We are busy in this time of lockdown. I know we're in level four, but it's still lockdown. And we are busy with this series called Joy, Finding Joy in lockdown because i believe that we can have joy despite difficult circumstances in our life and i wanted you to quickly jump on the comment line and let me know last week i asked what do you miss the most during this time of lockdown but here's the opposite side if we can have joy during lockdown here's my question for today what has been one good thing one joyful thing, one blessing, and um, one thing you enjoyed during this lockdown period. What is the one thing you enjoy? And that could be level five or level four. Level four brought a couple of interesting things like going for a run. But what is the one good thing that you've experienced during this time that brought a bit of joy to your life? But let's, before we continue today, let's quickly recap our definition again. We said joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness is something that happens to us. Joy is something that's produced inside of us. Happiness is something that, that works from the outside in. So you buy something, you feel happy because you got what you wanted. You lose the thing, you feel sad. But joy is something that comes from deep inside of us. It's more stable and it is more permanent. And that's why we're talking about this topic because we want to have that stable, deep-seated, permanent kind of joy in our life. And today, the last part and the fourth topic of our series on joy is called Finding Joy Through Peace. I believe that joy and peace are deeply and directly connected to each other. Joy is a deep and an internal thing. But the problem is that we spoke about when it is impossible when we are constantly worrying and anxious about everything going wrong around us to experience joy because that anxiousness is also a very deep-seated emotion. So today we're going to be talking about how we can find joy when we feel anxious. How can we find joy when we're worrying about something? Those, those deep-seated emotions, how can we still remain joyful? And that's where peace comes in. And we'll be reading today from Philippians 4. If you've got your Bibles with you, please open to Philippians 4. Remember our challenge. Our challenge during this season is that we read one chapter of Philippians every week. So today we're busy with Philippians 4. So my encouragement to you is to go out this week and to go and read every day a little part of Philippians 4. And every day, just ask yourself the question, how does this encourage me? What new things am I learning about God? How can I apply this to my life? And in such a way, everything we read about Philippians 4, with a bit of the background that you got through these sermons, suddenly starts to come alive in your own lives. So today we are at Philippians 4, and we'll be reading from verse 4 to 9. Now, if I had a favorite chapter in the Bible, 
This would definitely be it. Philippians 4 has changed my life in so many ways through some of the darkest times in my life, some of the most difficult times, and specifically the verses that we're going to be learning about today. So Philippians 4, um, this is what Paul writes. He starts with the famous words that we're talking about in this series. He says, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. By the way, this is the memory verse for our children in our kids' church because we want them to learn this. We want them to know it by heart so that when things happen in our lives that try to steal our joy, this is what we go to. I'm like, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord I'm going to rejoice. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let go of my joy. Then he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. God, I love this so much. And it is so beautiful because we've talked about how we can find joy through our faith, in our faith. We've talked about how healthy relationships brings joy to our lives. We talked about how Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, just drowns out the disappointments of this life, although we sometimes experience sorrow. But Paul is coming with something very practical today. And he wants to teach us, he wants to give us a bit of advice about how we can rejoice, how we can find joy even when I'm anxious and worried. Now guys, this is really difficult. And as I said already, joy comes from deep inside of us, right? It's not external like happiness. But when something bad happens in our life, something small, your car, uh, you bump your car, that's a feeling of unhappiness. But it's not a feeling of anxiousness. It's not a deep-seated stress. It doesn't keep you awake at night because you've got a little scratch on your car. Anxiousness and worrying also comes from deep inside of us. It's when I lose my job during lockdown and I don't know when I'll be able to find a job again. It is when I don't know if I'll be able to pay my house. It is when someone is terminally ill. Those are things that that's so significant in my life that it also from deep inside of me, it fills me with anxiousness. And Paul expects us to sometimes be anxious. He's like, don't be anxious. So he's like, he's not saying like, um, if, if you are so dumb that anxiousness appears once in a while, he's like, don't be anxious instead. So he's like, the anxiousness will come no matter who you are, no matter how great you are, how, no matter how much money you are. At some point in life, anxiousness will come. But the, and and he's, it's kind of like he's presenting it as these two opposing forces. On the one side, there's anxiousness. On the other side, there's joy and there's peace. And it's like they are pulling against each other. But he's like, what can we do when we're feeling anxious? How can we get rid of those feelings and exchange them for peace? And that is kind of like what this whole chapter is about. He's showing us how we exchange 
one thing, anxiousness, for another thing, peace, that leads to joy. Peace is, a, is, is almost like an active exchange program. And his answer, he starts out this way. After he said rejoice, and you're like, but I don't want to rejoice because I'm anxious. I'm lying awake. I'm worried. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I can rejoice in that. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you start feeling anxious, here is the simple, practical answer. He says, start praying. What? Start praying? He's like, yes, do you know why? Because the peace of God will then guard your hearts and your mind. And, and when I read this, it's almost like if you've experienced this, you will understand this. But if you're new to Christianity or you haven't experienced this before, you will probably ask, Louis, but how does prayer change my anxiousness into peace? It doesn't make sense. And here is the thing, when Paul is saying, don't be anxious, but rather prayer, rather pray, this is not just about saying a little prayer that you learned when you were growing up. This is about a choice to not carry the weight of the anxiousness on your own. You cannot, you can only have peace if you stop carrying the weight of anxiousness on your own. That's what he's saying. It is natural for us as human beings to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And especially when things are out of our control, we start feeling anxious. You see, anxiousness comes from the unknown. Anxiousness comes from the what if. What if I never find a job again? What if we lose our house? What if we die from this virus? What if I get sick and there are no hospital beds for me to go to? That is those what ifs. Those uncertain things in the future, that is what causes anxiousness. If I have control over it, it's not anxiousness. It might fill me with unhappiness, but I'm not normally not anxious about stuff that I have control over. It is the uncontrollable what ifs that fills me with anxiousness. Anxiousness, and as I was processing it um, on, on Wednesday, was it Wednesday evening? two o'clock, Abigail was crying and I woke up and I gave her a dummy and put her back to sleep. I think her teeth were bothering her. But when I went back to bed, I couldn't sleep because I was also processing a bunch of things that are outside of my control and in the future. And, and something came up in my mind at that moment. And that's what I realized. Anxiousness is like, a, it's basically an internal conversation with myself, where I'm trying to fix a problem that I have no control over. Anxiousness, I'm going to say it again, is an internal conversation where I'm trying to fix a problem that I have no control over. That's anxiousness. And you have probably experienced it the same as I have. If you've ever experienced that form of anxiousness where you couldn't sleep, which is in your mind the whole time, when you take a shower and you cannot remember if you've actually washed your hair, you know, you, you, you got under the shower, but did I actually wash it? I'm not sure because my mind was just at war with itself, trying to figure it out. If you've experienced that ever in your life, just say as a thumbs up or just say me too in the comments so that we know you've experienced this as well. But I've experienced it. And what Paul is trying to tell us through this, you might not have control over that situation, but there is someone that does have control over our uncertain future, and that is God. 
And that is why Paul is telling us to pray. Because when we pray, we are taking this problem we have to someone that has the ability to do something about it. I don't have. But when I'm going to God in prayer, I'm saying, God, I'm taking this problem to you because I know you're in control. I know you can do something about it. Think about it. This is a natural thing we actually do every day. When, uh, when you're a child, or if you have a child, you will know this really well, but we've all been children. And if you're a child and you cannot do something, you cannot open a bottle cap because it's too tight. You don't get anxious about it like, oh, I'm, I'm freaking out because I will never have cool drink again in my life. No, no. You take the bottle, you give it to your parents, someone who can do something about it. They open it for you. So there's no anxiousness. If you're in a difficult spot at, at work and you cannot change something about a situation, you go to your boss, you go to your manager, and instead of feeling anxious about it, you give it to them. They can do something about it. So naturally, we go to someone who can do something about problems that we're facing every day. But when it comes to the deeper things in our life, instead of going to the one, instead of going to God who can change it, we try to hold on to it ourselves. And that is what causes our anxiousness. Paul is saying that in every situation when we feel anxious, not just once a day, not just once a year, not just at the start of this, of this COVID-19 thing. He's like in every situation when you're feeling anxious with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He's like, talk to God about it. And he's like, if you've talked to God and you said, God, like this is what's bothering me and it's still not enough and you still don't have peace about it. He says, then you start petitioning God. That is like there's an urgency in it. Then you start begging God. Then you start praying and you cry about your situation. Then you start pouring your heart out. He's like, give it to God. Put the urgency behind it. Go to God. He, he's not afraid of, your, of your, your crying. He's not afraid of your prayers. He's not afraid of you pouring out your heart to Him. He's like, go full out. But then he says, but also thank him. Also go to him with thanksgiving. And I'm like, why is he saying that we should go to God not only with prayer and petition, but with thanksgiving? Because thanksgiving is me acknowledging that God has solved problems like this in my past. But it's also me acknowledging that God can do something about this thing that I just brought before him. You see, the moment that I say thank you, I am grateful. It gives me opportunity to be grateful about the things that I have in my life, things that God has already done in my life. And gratitude leads to peace because suddenly everything in my life is not falling apart because I still have things. I still have my health. I still have my house. I still have things to be grateful for. But gratitude, when I'm saying thank you, it also brings certainty that God is in control, that God has the power to do something about my current situation, and it leads to peace. So not only do I bring my problem to God, but I thank Him, because gratitude leads to peace, knowing that God is in control leads to peace. And then he says, once you do that, something amazing happens in verse 7. He says, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your mind and will guard your heart. This is what he's saying. Prayer replaces anxiety with peace.
So I want to ask you, help me preach this quickly. Just type this into the comment line if you're with me in this service today. Just type in prayer replaces anxiety with peace. I'm going to leave it on the screen. Help me preach this. Let's get, get this out in the world. But prayer replaces anxiety with peace. And what is the best part of it, he's, he's not just saying it's peace. He says it's a peace that transcends understanding. So he's saying you go to God, you pray about this, and suddenly you have, you've got peace. He's like, but whoa, whoa, whoa. My problem is not necessarily solved. The virus isn't just gone. Lockdown didn't just end. So how can I have peace? Because the thing I was worrying about is still present in my life. What he's saying is it will not make sense because it's not necessarily that your problem has been solved. Peace comes to you because you've realized that it's not all up to you. And you've realized in that moment as you brought it to God that God can and will do something about it. It doesn't mean that we just surrender um, everything to God in the sense that I don't care about anything in my life. I'm not just going to sit back and, and not apply for a job because like, you know, God will take care of it. No, no, no. God will do his part, but we still bring our part. We still budget when my, when my income have changed. We we still search for jobs. We still apply for jobs. We still plan for our future. We still do that. But without the anxiety, it says it guards our hearts and our mind. It's like we're in this constant battle where, where I'm, I'm trying to find my peace in God, but where this anxiousness starts, wants to creep in again. But it's like the peace of God guards our hearts. It, it just takes this burden away from me from trying to take control back the whole time. The problem is that although we have peace, although we find peace when we pray, sometimes anxious thoughts pop up again. Like I just shared the story of putting my daughter to bed two o'clock in the morning and then I go to bed and suddenly I was sleeping. Like why is this random thoughts in my head two o'clock in the morning of things that are not in control in, in my control? That happens. That happens. Thoughts pop up in our mind. But Paul gives us a solution. He's saying, once you found peace by praying, by giving this to God, there is a solution the moment the thought pops back in. He gives us a practical solution to this battle going on in our minds. And he says, think not about the things that causes anxiety, but he th says, think about things that are good and pure and beautiful, things that are from God. That's what you should focus on. This is basically how it works. There was no restaurants open during lockdown level five. And if you really crave the pizza and I say, stop thinking about the mozzarella melting over the pizza, the, the salami and the flavor of that, the garlic on top of the pizza, like all those beautiful things. You're starting to get a mental picture, right? Now I'm saying, stop thinking about that. I'm telling you, you probably can't stop thinking about it. You're probably planning like, can I go and make a pizza while Louis is preaching? And uh, you probably can and just, just put this somewhere where you can still hear, right? But we do not, we're not able to stop a thought by, by thinking that we should stop it. It's like the moment I'm telling myself that I should stop thinking about it, it's like I just start thinking about it more and more. The way I stop a thought is by replacing it with another thought. So instead of thinking about pizza, I cannot just stop it. So I go and I take out a steak and I put it on the braai. And now I've stopped thinking about pizza because now my mind is focused on something else. And that is what Paul is saying. He's like, you cannot control the thoughts that pop up. 
But you can control, you can choose what thoughts you hold on to. So you cannot control the thoughts of anxiety that suddenly pop up, but you can control whether you're going to hold on to them. It is an active exchange where I give up my anxious thought and replace it with something that's beautiful, something that's good, something that's pure, something that's holy. I'm allowing my need to process these things to, to continue. We all have this need to think about our future. It is part of our survival. So you cannot stop that need that you have deep inside of you. But what we can do is we can, we can choose to think about our future in a healthy way instead of in an unhealthy way. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, Paul wrote and he said, Take every thought that's in opposition with God, every anxious thought, every thought that tells you you're not good enough, whatever it might be. He says, take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. So he's, he's saying like when thoughts pop up, first stop in that moment, think about it. And if this is not obedient to Christ, if it's not God's truth, if it's telling you that things are out of control, if it's telling you that you're going to fail, if it's telling you there's no future, you take it captive and you say, what is God's truth in this moment? This is not beautiful. This is not pure. God's truth is that his plan that he has a beautiful plan for a future for me. God's truth is that he's a father who cares about me. God's truth is that Jesus already paid so I can live in freedom. And those are the thoughts I'm going to hold on to. So we choose in prayer to receive the, the, the peace of God. But then I, I keep that peace by choosing to focus my thoughts every time a, a thought pops up that's filled with anxiousness. I choose to replace it by keeping my focus on God with the right one. But there's one more step. One more step. He says lastly in verse 9, Put what you have learned and received and heard into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So he said the peace of God will guard your, heart, your hearts. But now he's saying, if you put everything in practice that you've heard, then the God of peace will be with you. So he, he flips it around. And I think it's so significant. Because when Paul is talking about joy that we find in Jesus, when Paul is talking about peace that we find, this is not about, about positive thinking. It's not universalism where I'm just filling my mind with positive thoughts and suddenly everything just works out for me and suddenly I'm happy. That doesn't work. What he is saying is that we cannot have peace if we do not have the God that gives us peace. You see, everything we talked about in the series, our faith that gives us peace because it gives us a bigger purpose and we know God will not leave us. That's, that's seated on the foundation of Jesus Christ. A relationship that fills us with joy, healthy relationships, we said is, they are healthy when we model it on the characteristics of Jesus. It's seated on the foundation of Jesus. When the beauty of Jesus surpasses the disappointments of this world, it's seated on Jesus. Our peace is seated in Jesus. So I want to tell you today that Paul is saying is, you cannot have the peace of God in your life if you do not have the God of peace. The two are not, they cannot go without each other. We need the God of peace if we want the peace of God. And we can only have a relationship with the God of peace if we live in 
a relationship, if we do what it takes to have a relationship. And that's why I say, don't just think about these things. It's not just castles in the sky. It's like it's something you do. Everything you've learned, put it into practice. Live in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a religion where you just have to do certain things in order to be in a right standing with God. You're already in a right standing with Jesus because He died on a cross for you to put you in a right standing with God. What Paul is saying is you're in a right standing. Now go and live in it. Do what God wants from you. Even if you think about prayer, prayer is a, re is a conversation. A conversation is something relational. So he's saying, if you want to have peace, you need to have God. And living the way of God, living the way of God leads to a relationship with the God of peace. So start to apply this to your life. Peace comes from an active exchange where I'm saying I'm giving up living my own way to living God's way. The invitation to no one to follow Jesus has been made to each one of us. Whether you're following him or not, the invitation is open. The Bible says it. Let's choose. Let's choose today to say, God, I'm going to live your way. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I choose to know the God of peace so that I can have the peace of God. I want to tell you today, Jesus gave up more than 2,000 years ago. He gave up his peace. He gave up his joy. To die on a cross. He paid everything so that you and I do not have to give up our peace and our joy. No matter our circumstances. He gave it all up so that you and I don't have to give it up. And all he's asking of us is live my way. Then we have a relationship with him. Then we experience his peace. So I want to invite you today. If you've not given your life to Jesus yet. Why don't you make a decision to do it today? And if you want to do it, send us an email, send us a message, and we will reach out to you. But Jesus, the Bible says it's this simple. If you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you have the right to be called a child of God. Then you have a relationship with the God of peace. So let's end the series with these words. I can have joy. Because the peace of God drowns out all anxiousness. The beauty of Jesus drowns out my sorrows. My healthy relationship in God fills me with joy. And my faith tells me that this is not the end, but that God still has a bigger purpose for me. So let's live in the joy that God wants to fill us with. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. That in you, we find a God of peace. Thank you that in you, when we have a relationship with you, that peace just fills our life. Despite all the anxiousness that this world wants to throw at us. And I want to pray for everyone listening to this today, God. I want to pray that you will fill them with so much peace. That you will drown out the anxiousness. 
I pray that our thoughts would be focused on you, that we will replace every thought of anxiousness with a thought of you, a thought of something beautiful and holy and pure and praiseworthy. May we replace our anxiousness with praise. May we replace our worries with, with songs about you. May we replace our stress with a focus on the God who's in control. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we end today, I wanted to bring two quick things to your attention. Um, a lot of you that's been part of our Prodaya family know that Shal and Anya, um, Anya accepted a job in Johannesburg and they moved there um, during this time that we, that, that there was some, um, some of the restrictions were taken away to move across provinces. So they are now in Johannesburg. Anya started an amazing new job and um, we do not just want to kind of let this go. Shaul will still be on our, our, our team part-time. He's You're still going to see him every Sunday. He's still putting our videos together. But we wanted to honor them for the time that they spend in Cape Town, that they spend with our Prodeo team full-time. So next week, after the service, um, we're going we're gonna to have a Zoom reception for Shaul and Anya. We're going to get together on zoom afterwards we will post the link and we're going to share some of the memories we have of them some of the good and um, things we remember about them and although we still see them we don't just kind of like want to brush this off and not have an opportunity to thank them properly so please put this on your calendar next week after the service we're going to jump on zoom and um, we're going to have a reception for them there if you want some snacks and coffee and whatever you have to to provide it yourself um, but we're going to have some fun with that. And then also, the longer this lockdown has been extended, more and more people are being affected by this financially. Our church has also been affected by this financially. But we choose to, although this has affected us, to still help people in need. Because that is what Jesus has asked of us. Not just to take care of ourselves, but to take care of people in need. And with your help, we've been able to to um, do more to to help people um, with a financial amount of more than twenty five thousand rand over the last month and a half, and we can continue to do that with your help. So after um, when I'm finished when I'm finished talking, Shaul is going to give you our banking details, tell you how you can connect with it, SnapScan, whatever. If you give to the church, just use your own name as a reference or tithing or whatever you want. But if you want to give to our COVID nineteen relief fund that's used exclusively to help people during this time. Please use the reference COVID relief, then we know it's for that purpose. In such a way, you can continue to make a difference in the lives of other people who can't physically help someone and with our own hands and feet, we can still help them with finances. So if you're in the position where you can still help, please help us um, with, by making a contribution. That's it from my side. I'm going to hand over to Shaul. We'll see you next week with a new series. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Prodeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details and the second way is through SnapScan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, Please share it to everyone you know. We want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.